Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Rob Observations. I am your host, Rob Leifeld. We are back at it. We are we are all about comic books and, and all of the amazing effects and influence that comic books has had on your life and has had on my life since I was pulling them off the spinner racks at the liquor store and the uh, mini markets of my youth, which occurred in the 1970s and then watching this comic book just world of, of, of ideas and characters sprawl across um, the culture as it has and 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 is and has just become comic books have become the most influential anything that I have seen. It, it it's 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 just always going to blow me away how uh, prominent the comic book culture has become seeping across every aspect of everyday life. No, nowhere was this more evident than this past week when I was able to attend the uh, Los Angeles world premiere of Black Widow. Black Widow! We've waited so long for this, right? And uh, I mean, my, 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 my oldest son, Luke, and I were in the 2019 Hall H of San Diego Comic-Con when the... Black Widow was the big thing that they were going to show everybody that summer and, and, and get everybody hyped. And, you know, they had Scarlett Johansson there and they had uh, some of the other cast members. And, and that was the, um, the, 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 the trailer that they had cut together to get us all, you know, pumped and excited. And, uh, we, I, I, you know, it was the first time the summer of 19 with the Black Widow footage reveal that we saw Taskmaster. We had heard that Taskmaster was going to be, you know, uh, featured. There was rumors. But then, boom, then you see Taskmaster, you know, on the screen in action. And, you know, for my son, he turned to me and said, "Who, who's that? I said, that's Taskmaster. And one of my, my managers was with me too, because I was able to, I said, that's Red Guardian. Oh, and that, you know, I was, I was pointing out all these different aspects during the trailer because I'm just blurting out my childhood glee. I was just like, oh, Red Guardian, oh, Taskmaster. And again, who's that? Who's that? And here's the deal. When I talk about my youth and grabbing these off the spinner rack, this is when Taskmaster was born. It will never be more um, just... I can tap into that feeling like nothing else when I was grabbing Avengers 195 off the spinner rack at a U-Totem, you know, off Euclid Avenue in, in Anaheim, California. And it was part of this extended uh, story that the, David Michelini and George Perez were telling in the pages of the Avengers. And the Avengers, Scott Lang, who you know as, you know, uh, from, from, from stage and screen, Paul Rudd's uh, depiction of Ant-Man. Ant-Man uh, was joining with the Avengers to infiltrate this lab to see all these different uh, experiments they were doing, and they and, and it was in the snow and this this mansion, which which really was just a front for this giant compound. And they battled their way through, and uh, and 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 they had taken you know Yellow Jacket and Wasp. And, and then at the end, when Captain America and the Avengers kind of turn the corner thinking that they've kind of uh, located the, the, the source of the danger, there is a, a character that comes out of nowhere to knock them all down. And standing there in a full splash page to end the issue is this brand new character with a skeleton face with a cowl um, in the same kind of uh, blue, purple, orange, um, white 
uh, colors that that, that is, has always kind of uh, been 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 his uh, his signature look is the Taskmaster. First appearance, never seen him. The Taskmaster, and I'm like, this guy looks like a badass. Again, comic books, visual medium. You see something, it looks amazing. It has a cool name. Boom, I'm on board. It was like Boba Fett immediately. Taskmaster, Boba Fett. Oh my gosh. So I'm all over Taskmaster. I can't believe I have to wait 30 more days for Avengers 196. Okay, but uh, but 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 I remember again turning that corner because again I had to when you entered the market, you know you walked all the way straight to the very back magazine racks and then you turned right and then they had uh, uh, I, I they had a shelf uh, several shelves of comics um, and 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 that's when I was like oh. There's the Avengers, and there's whatever X-Men, there's, you know, whatever um, um, big revelation I was going to find. Again, I cannot tell you uh, how much I appreciate the fact that there was no previews catalog for me to look for back in the day. I understand the uh, previews catalog is a huge uh, 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 tool to help retailers uh, get a leg up on everything that they're ordering. And I understand that it tells you nowadays it's so specific. Cover A, cover B. For those of you who are just like, what is the previews catalog? So so there used to be several. The distributors all put them out. Now there's only one distributor that we have interacted with these last 30 years, really 25, 26 years. But um, Diamond's been around a long time. Diamond previews catalog is like a monthly Sears catalog. When you were a kid, you looked through the Sears catalog Um to see what gifts or what clothes you wanted to you wanted to buy and what was going to be available. Sometimes they weren't out in the stores yet, but you got it three months in advance to know what you could get for the holidays. Kids of the 70s lived off that Sears catalog because it showed you what Star Wars, Star Trek toys, Micronauts, Shogun Warriors, Godzilla, you know, Planet of the Apes, whatever toys and toy sets that were going to be available, you found through these photos you know, in the Sears catalog. And, and I would get my dad's magnifying glass so that I could see the pictures bigger. Again, there's no scanners. There's no way to enlarge the image. If you got the Sears catalog and it was the size of a magazine and that picture of the Planet of the Apes playset was a little, a wee small, um, you know, you would go and we had these giant magnifying glasses and I'd be like, yeah, I'd get that magnifying glass and I would see the image as large as I possibly could. But in, 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 the, in the case of, of comic book catalogs nowadays they they you know because of a blurb that something is coming and that something is maybe more special than you're prepared for it to be or maybe they've told you it's special and it turns out that it's not I mean a lot of it is weighing expectations in my youth it, it, the taskmaster appears in 1980 in this Avengers run that appears in the spring summer of 1980 okay you don't know what's coming unless you see it. And again, no one said, there's no preview that said in this month, 195 is going to come out and introduce this brand new villain named Taskmaster. What's he about? We just saw it. We encountered it. Sometimes the covers were going to tell us the information that we didn't know we we needed. That my, you know, the best example of this, as I've gone to several times in my life, kind of accessing which time was I most blown away was X-Men 141, Days of Future Past. Even if the blurb was at the end of the last issue, what does Days of Future Past mean? Well, you get into the comic store, you turn, you go to those racks, those shelves, and there's Wolverine, except he's older. He's got gray in his hair, and he's up against the wall with a 
much older Kitty Pride, and all of the X-Men images are on this poster that is tilted sideways. It's like the 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 you know it's falling. It's like the whatever pins were used to put the put the poster up there. It's it's falling down, so it's at a tilted angle, and all the X-Men photos are on there saying dead, dead, uh, uh, obtained, dead, missing. Um, and you're like, what do you mean the X-Men are dead? And a spotlight is on them, so it's like it looks like they've been caught. An old man Wolverine in his leather jacket, not in his costume, with the gray hair um, on the sides of his head. You go, what am I looking at? What am I possibly looking at? I did not know this is coming. And that is that jolt that you cannot replace. Nowadays, we advertise so much because we want our retailers to sell so much. So it's even harder to build in surprise into in, 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 into any comic book or any story that you're putting out there because the reliability that the, the retailers want to know that what they're going to put their money towards is going to sell and they want to know as much as possible and that's the relationship that's been forged in the manner that it has been forged over the last 26 plus years and and this is the reality we live in now but taskmaster nobody saw coming much less this killer cover that featured the Taskmaster. He has a shield. He has a sword. He has buccaneer gloves, buccaneer boots. He has chain mail. This is actually also a prototype for what George would then go do six months later in the Titans with Deathstroke because this is George's last run on on the Avengers. This um, 194, 195, 196, 197, 198, 199, 200, 201, 202. This is it for George. He leaves. He's done. Um, he doesn't do all those. Carmen Infantino does one of those in, in, in there. But but for the most part, George leaves with six, seven issues of the Avengers. And he's gone. He's crossed the street. He goes to DC Comics. And in the second issue of, of, of the Titans that he is you know relaunching with these new characters, Cyborg, Starfire, and trust me, it taps into that X-Men energy that DC did not have. In that second issue, there's Deathstroke, and he has Buccaneer gloves, and he has, and he has, and he has Buccaneer boots, and he has chainmail, and he has a sword. And you know, I've talked to Tim Miller, the director of Deadpool, about this. When it's like, you know, De- Deathstroke was George going, uh, I should have, I should have, I should have kept some of that Taskmaster juice in my back pocket because uh, the design element take away the sword you you cover up their heads from the from the uh uh shoulders down deathstroke and 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 taskmaster uh created by the same guy co-created by the same guy george perez uh david miscellany and david and marv wolfman uh, wrote the the initial concepts along with him they uh they, they are very f- f- similar they they have blue and orange you know uh which is not a common color blue and orange as 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 a as a design element, as a color scheme. So, so, but Taskmaster comes first on that cover, that Christmas green, which just makes his white, blue, and orange pop. And that great stance, inked by Joe Rubenstein, penciled by George Perez, wielding that sword, that shield. And it says he's looking for men to kill um, or who like to kill. It's, it's a great slug line. And in it, we learn that Taskmaster can mimic or duplicate anyone's moves in battle so you can't get a one up you know one up on him he takes down iron man he uh, i mean uh, captain america all these great fisticuffs he's very formidable he's got his shield he's got his sword well, let me tell you something the taskmaster roars to life in on the screen in black widow um little more kind of mechanized uh design element nothing you haven't seen you've seen how he's going to look in the film i prefer 
the 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 less um, armored version of him that that I saw and love in the comic books, but nonetheless, extremely cool, unbelievable portrayal of Taskmaster on screen in 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 Black Widow, and when Taskmaster begins to uh, exhibit the abilities of Taskmaster and throws that wicked shield in a manner that you've only seen Captain America do it before and kick that shield up and and mimic moves that you've seen other heroes in Marvel Universe movies make. But to see him come to life, Taskmaster, and again, we saw him first in this trailer in 2019. And 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 so so again we saw Red Guardian for the first time. The first time I saw Red Guardian was in Marvel, these reprints. Uh, that they did where where he was introduced. John Buscema drew him, you know, in his red and white glory, the Russian super soldier. All of that comes to life in, in, in on screen in Black Widow in a movie that is so much better than I ever expected. Um, and, and, and I guess what I was leaving out is that that summer, Black Widow, that reveal, knowing that they were... Um, filming Eternals or coming up with the Eternals and knowing that there was other things on the Marvel slate, I got to be honest, I was not as excited for Black Widow as I should have been. Um, we had been sold bigger and better for so long with Infinity War, with with uh, with Endgame, you know, which is that's, that's the summer that Endgame is rolling to its record box office where we saw all, you know, Guardians, Avengers, everybody unite against Thanos. Oh my gosh, it was so big, blah, blah, blah. Black Widow, you're, you're like, well, you know, I, I, I love ScarJo. I love Black Widow. I love these characters. It's cool they put Taskmaster in there. I love seeing Red Guardian. But still, wasn't wasn't as amped as I should have been. What I saw was, I, it looked like it was promising. And then, literally a month later, uh, Disney holds here in Anaheim every other year, D23, which is uh, their, their, their big... Uh, celebration of all things Dis- Disney, ESPN, ABC, the entire Disney portfolio, and Marvel gets the key uh, slots every day for whether whether it was introducing. That's when we met Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany as the stars of WandaVision. Obviously, we had already seen them as Scarlet Witch and Vision, but this is when they came out to announce WandaVision, and we, you know, we uh, we were introduced to you know uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and 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 this in, in at D twenty three in August of 2019, they were flexing on TV streaming day. They were flexing on movie day. And on movie day, they had a remote that was taped from the set of Black Widow. And uh, it was, it was uh, the, the, the Florence Pugh and, uh, and ScarJo and David Harbour in a helicopter talking about how they were filming the scene and they can't get out of this scene to make it to Anaheim. It was very funny. But um and, and and immediately when I saw that scene that they were filming, that this that this greeting was filmed from in the movie, I'm like, oh this is this is that period of time when they were filming this. So clearly in 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 uh in the fall of 2019 or, or late summer 2019, they are still filming Black Widow. Uh, th- that footage that I saw was from a jailbreak sequence. So it's like, oh, okay, this is when they were doing that 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 stuff. I mean, again, they were putting this movie together. It was supposed to come out summer 2020. Obviously, it got moved because we had this crazy, horrific pandemic. But when so no Marvel, no Marvel premieres. You know, no no big Marvel movie premieres. I think the last one I had been to was Spider Man. Homecoming and uh, and that summer with Avengers uh, Endgame. I mean, the biggest, you know, most humongous Marvel premiere events I'd ever been to 
had um, had been the last ones that I would attend as as we all shut things down and and so on on this last week on Monday night I went I saw Black Widow Marvel invited me I love getting invited to these amazing premiere events and uh, people were out of their mind uh, the, the Man Chinese Theater the Dolby Theater packed like they always were with um, citizens uh, people from the surrounding neighborhoods tourists people all over the street looking to to get some of that excitement that's happening on that red carpet right across from them leading in in leading you know into the El Capitan theater and Marvel clearly had put out the signal to uh hundreds of cosplayers and hundreds uh, I mean of just fans to help celebrate this event and I could not believe the amount of excitement these cosplayers and, and their their amazing craft and look I have been saved by cosplay Deadpool was saved by cosplay from 2010 to 2015. The amount of Deadpool costumes, Lady Deadpool, Kid Deadpool, that were showing up on the convention circuit to the point where you know 200 of them were taking a giant photo of the Deadpool core of these killer from Kmart Deadpool costumes to the finest refined leather movie um, style costumes. Obviously, 200 people. That's that's hundreds of katanas and and makeshift you know uh, prop guns. But, but Deadpool, I would always thank them. Thank you for putting and keeping this signal out and keeping it burning so bright. Because when you see people dressed like a character all in mass crossing a street, uh, just, just, you know, crossing a busy intersection in Anaheim on their way to WonderCon and people go, who's that? Who's that? And people, oh, that's Deadpool. That's Deadpool. Before he has a film, before he even has benefit of hitting the screen, that's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And to see all these cosplayers who are amazing, dressed like Black Widow, and I mean, it was every version of Black Widow ever. All of the Scarlett Johansson um, versions of Black Widow were on display uh, at this red carpet, at this fan event. And when we all got packed inside and Kevin Feige came out to introduce Black Widow, uh, the energy was off the charts. It was roaring. That, 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 that culture... That, that, that I'm telling you about that starts at the spinner racks, that starts with Marvel comic books and the words and the pictures by the most talented writers and artists have created this world that Kevin Feige has, you know, surveyed over and, and, and really done the best possible job uh, holding it all together, giving us the very best versions possible. Of, of these comic books that I grew up with. And like I said, when Taskmaster appears and Taskmaster goes through the powers and 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 uh and 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 Taskmaster fights and does all the moves and and just to see him on screen is amazing. It's it's literally um the Taskmaster is relentless and is a great foe and is a great Marvel villain brought to life, Avengers 195, 196, boom, on the big screen. I, I was just amazed. Now, Red Guardian, always, John Buscema drew him tall and big, and and and, and, he, and he felt taller than Captain America in the comic books. So having David Harbour depict Red Guardian um, and, and kind of the madness that he's uh, kind of developed, and you've seen, you've seen the trailers, you've seen Red Guardian, you see that he's, David Harbour is intent on chewing all the scenery, except it works. It, it works in the context of this film. He plays off everyone so great. Uh, it, it is such a, a blast. The movie itself is as good as any Jason Bourne movie, maybe maybe better, 
honestly, there is a, the first two thirds of Black Widow are going to blow you away. It is like Marvel said, okay, so we're going to do this. We're going to now take this Mission Impossible, uh, James Bond, Jason Bourne spy genre, and you're given, you're going to give, you're going to get our Marvel version of that. And it, it absolutely, it is relentless. It is paced um, amazingly. Uh, it, it, it is, it is so. Uh, it, the script is tight. There's great twists, great turns. The stunts and the fights, um, it felt R-rated. A little more cursing than I remember from Marvel films. I mean, and, and the level of violence and action was easily as good as any of, of the more R-rated driven uh, action scenes. There's stuff in here that is John Wick-esque in terms of, again, stunt action movie making which seems to be what people respond to so positively at the box office that's just me looking at the returns i mean obviously john wick was a small movie made by two stunt coordinators who made their names you know uh uh, uh doing doing stunts on marvel films uh winter soldier civil war and then boom these two guys combine they give us john wick they give us john wick 2 they give us john wick 3 um um you know atomic blonde deadpool 2 hobbs and shaw bullet train is coming up um, you know, also in that mix, Sam Hargrave, who directed Extraction for Netflix, which is Hemsworth's biggest non-Thor movie, Net- Netflix's biggest movie ever. What is driving all of this is this new state-of-the-art, next-level stunt action um, kind of direction-themed films. And, and, that, and Black Widow is, is such a great entry into the Marvel pantheon. It is not a small film by any means. It's big. It's got, it, it, like Mission Impossible is big. Like, you know, running on the rooftops of Budapest is big, okay? So 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 it, 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 it's a great, very action-oriented, really cool um, um, character, great character reveals, a lot of emotion. Um, you get a lot of backstory. You get a, you get a lot of the gaps filled in, and I got to tell you, one of the best openings of any Marvel film. It is white knuckle. The opening, like 10, 15 minutes of Black Widow, I was like on the edge of my seat. It it takes an immediate turn, and you are along for the ride, and you're like, what's gonna happen here? Holy crap! Uh, it, it really does like just take your breath away, set the stage for everything that's gonna come afterwards. It's big. It's international. It goes to big places. I just I got to tell you, man, I was not prepared for just how great Black Widow is. Scarlett Johansson is fantastic. There are moments when you go, yeah, this is the fight I've been waiting for. This is the showdown. This is uh, this is the conflict. And like I said, really good. I, I think one of Marvel's better scripts. For about two-thirds of the way, I thought this movie is going toe-to-toe with Winter Soldier, which is, in my opinion, so in case you're wondering, that is my favorite of all the MCU films. And, and it knows exactly who it is and what's it, what it wants to be. That, that the Winter Soldier uh, was was mired in 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 the the kind of seventies spy films, the the three days uh, of the Condor, and uh, uh, kind of like you know, guy is betrayed on the run by the government that 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 he served that is trying to wipe him out. It knew exactly what it was doing. Even that even having Robert Redford. Uh, in it is an is a direct nod to Three Days of the Condor, which is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. Uh, and 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 ask my family; they've been forced <laughs> to sit through it because it's like it's it's Robert Redford, you know, movie marathon day with dad. Um, and they liked it. Trust me. It, 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 you, sometimes you 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 go to the safe place and you, and you show these movies knowing that they're going to give the satisfaction you know 
they're going to give. And, and so, so, so Winter Soldier knows exactly what it wants to be. Black Widow knows exactly the movie that it wants to be in. It's this, it's, it's very much in that kind of Jason Bourne, um, realm. And, 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 and again, when these characters are on the run and the consequences are dire and the stakes are high, it's great because we've, we've built this relationship with these characters over so long. Florence, Florence Pugh is fantastic. Uh, David Harbour is great. Rachel Weiss, the whole cast, um, is amazing. So high marks for, for Black Widow, but pivoting off to the Red Guardian a little bit and where we're going to head for the rest of the show is the international heroes. And I have um, done podcasts on the rise of the miniseries. I believe it's in the Secret Wars um, podcast, but I've done episodes, especially Marvel's very first miniseries, which was Contest of the Champions, which was an, uh, a reformatting of an Olympic uh, tie-in book they were going to do that that fell to the wayside when we didn't participate in the 1980 Olympics. And so they had to reformat it, and it went on to be this huge selling miniseries for them, for Marvel, called Contest of Champions, where they were all set against each other in these adventures. And this is where we met so many of the Marvel international heroes, like the Arabian Knight, you know, um, um, and, and, and Shamrock, and, and, and so, you know... Uh, Marvel really kicked the doors open and introduced a whole new world of international characters. I cover it in depth in this uh, other podcast about miniseries that I did, you know, about a year ago. And it's definitely in the catalog. Go through the catalog there. I, I have covered so many great topics, so much of what you are seeing now. And I cannot stress enough. I, I, I opened this about 1980, the Avengers 195, 196, the introduction of Taskmaster. That late 70s, early 80s era, I cannot stress to you enough. Again, look at the film release schedule right now for Marvel. Shang-Chi, we did the, my, my first, or one of my first episodes here in season two when I came back from our hiatus was everybody was kung fu fighting about the burst of martial arts comics in the mid-70s and how Marvel took it and ran with it and produced some of not only the best books but some huge commercial sellers. And Shang-Chi is born of that era, 1974. We are seeing Shang-Chi, you know, um, on on the big screen in all his 1970s, you know, original glory because that is where this concept was born. The Eternals, which is coming with this giant all-star cast, okay, is, is, is from Jack Kirby, 1976. That's where he started it. That's where he started to build this giant mythos. And... Then Black Widow, Red Guardian, Taskmaster, all of this is a huge flex on all of these adventures from with Black Widow, obviously you're going back to the late 60s, but then you're going into the 1970s when you get into the, 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 the Taskmaster and some of these elements. But Red Guardian would be the impetus with which they build the Winter Guard and, and they expand this Russian superheroes and Russian super team um, that would appear in pages of Hulk, um, in Avengers titles, in 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 the Defenders titles, um, we, we would see these characters pop up in Rom, um, um, and and it was 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 Red Guardian, it was Dark Star, it's Titanium Man, it's Crimson Dynamo. I mean, these are these heavy armored like badass dreadnought Iron Man armored guys. But uh, it was the expansion. Did I say Ursa Major? I mean, a guy turns into a giant bear that can go toe to toe punching out. The Hulk, Ursa Major. I mean, um, the, the 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 door that is now swung open with these Russian operatives, these Russian programs, the Russian super so, super serum, um, 
and, and, and the places they can go, my mind is, is wandering. And of course, the drive home, I'm thinking about all these possibilities and I'm sure that they've considered there's this giant catalog of these characters that they can introduce. And as you're listening to this, you're, you're entering into the July 4th weekend. And I was originally going to do a podcast on the patriotic superheroes because I just, um, I was all caught up in the juice of the fact that I did, uh, that pulled off the, what I call the patriotic trifecta and, and, and having a, a big run on Captain America as I did in the Heroes Reborn launch in 1996. And then following that up by licensing the rights to Joe Simon and Jack Kirby's Fighting American. Okay, so I did Joe Simon and Jack Kirby's Captain America. Then I did Joe Simon and Jack Kirby's Fighting American, which 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 is two of the big patriotic characters. None of them obviously are going to be as big as Captain Marvel. It all came together. It all worked for Cap in a way that it didn't work for any of the other patriotic heroes, but they all have their place in the lore. They have their place in the legacy. The only reason Captain America has a round shield, if you look at his early appearances, he has a very triangular pointy shield. Um, he had to stop using that. They were cease and desisted. There was a legal action taken by Archie Comics because in fact, the very first patriotic superhero was named The Shield. They In, in uh, Pep Comics, they introduced The Shield. The Shield was the very first patriotic comic book character um, beating Captain America to print by 14 months. He uh, Going into the World War II and the and the patriotic uprising that the United States of America was experiencing. Archie Comics capitalized on that first, giving people a true, dedicated, patriotic superhero, and it was The Shield. Later on, they would even hire Joe Simon and Jack Kirby to do another version of The Shield. And, and uh, so, so they would circle back, but at the point that Captain America... Uh, appears he is his shield looks exactly like the same design and template as the shield's breastplate. What he wears, you know, on it from his chest down to his, you know, midsection. And so Archie let Marvel know, like you can't do that. We'll sue you. And and the irony is, I think the circular shield works better on every level. So it was it was one of those things that actually worked out better. And who knows? Who knows? I I just imagine that Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, having met both of them, that's, again, guys, the one thing that I've realized as I get older. I am the only image partner. And when I say image partner, I mean the image partners, I'm sorry, image founder, former image partner, image founder, one of the original seven. And when, and when I talk about the original seven, we were the kind of the super group of the 90s. We were the guys achieving the biggest achievements, the biggest sales the, the, the guys that kind of um, you were rallying around. And we, we, we are so thankful for that. But to, to, to deny this fact would be ridiculous. It would be, it would be like, like to say that the Beatles weren't a big band. Okay? So, so, so the thing is, there, there's, there's all of us. There's Jim Lee. There's Mark Silvestri. There's Todd McFarlane. There's Eric Larson. And, uh, and, and, and Wills Portacio. I say Jim Valentino. So, so we, we've, we've got all these guys. I am the only... Um, guy to have gone and 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 spent this time with Jack repeatedly at his house uh in 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 in, in Southern California to dine with him to 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 have the curtain pulled back and look at all the original art and to take friends and visit and and and, and hear these amazing stories and then Joe Simon when I, I, it's it's Jack Kirby and Joe Simon I got to know and meet and greet and enjoy the company um 
of Joe Simon along uh, uh, over the course of, of of two years, and 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 so I have sat with history. I have sat uh, again. My relationship with Stan is well chronicled over over thirty years. But but add to it Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, and and I don't know what it was except that it was my 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 absolute love, respect, and adoration for these men that I was able to sit and visit with them, and 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 drive. And, and go out and hang out and, and meet with him because I've I've talked to guys I know Eric Larson is a giant Kirby fan possibly Jim Valentino spent time with Simon and Kirby because he's uh, done it been around longer than me older than me um, but but of of my contemporary the guys who are my age because Valentino was a little bit older um, and, and I've asked before and I go wow. I mean, the fact I would just beat myself up if I had not been able to share and break bread with Jack Kirby in an intimate setting and get to know him and get to share the ideas and concepts and stories. And the same with Joe Simon. And 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 the reason I'm bringing this up to you is these guys had fire in them. They, they had fire in them when I met them and they were old men, okay? They they still had fire. They were burning. These guys, um, they had chips on their shoulder, okay? They were motivated. And the thing is that... Uh, the thing is that 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 I imagine when they got this letter, when they got this letter that says you are infringing on on our Archie Shield character, and you may not use this shield template as your design. You must not have this pointy triangle shield. I'm sure they crumpled that up, threw it in the trash, let legal handle it. You know, they immediately complied. They changed it, but I'm sure that gave them that extra gumption that extra fire that would propel Cap to greater popularity. Prior to him joining, you know, uh, uh, the Avengers when they reactivate him in the 60s. I'm talking, Cap started out selling him in the the, the, the 1940s. I mean, Cap, S.H.I.E.L.D. was first. S.H.I.E.L.D. was hugely popular. The circulation numbers on S.H.I.E.L.D. were, were gigantic. But Captain America leapt ahead of them and never looked back. And, and that is the byproduct of two really amazing, talented guys. But in, in that that was going to be my subject that I was going to delve into. But I realized there's not a whole lot there. More than what I just shared with you. There's, you know, you know what happened to Captain America. He became the biggest patriotic character of all time. And Fighting American has had some great bouts. Uh, the, the greatest thing about Fighting American is the history and all the work that Simon and Kirby, uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby did in bringing his characters to life, bringing his adventures to life. But uh, and the Shield is this amazing visual. Um, he's got he's had great character, uh, great stories. Um, I, I was introduced to him when they revived him in the in the 80s as part of the Red Circle line and the Crusaders, and it was my great pleasure to do this one story that launched this kind of new take on him. And uh, I, I kind of have this, this each of my versions, Steve Rogers had a sense of betrayal in mine. It was absolutely in, in uh, influenced by the novels that introduced Jason Bourne. And I've told you about this guy who doesn't know who he is because Jason Bourne's whole thing is, who am I? He has amnesia. He doesn't know who he is. My Steve Rogers was mind wiped and controlled by the government who would when he awoken, when he awake awakened and would realize, oh my gosh, I, I, I my memories are back, they would deprogram him and reinsert him into another scenario with which they could control him. And if this sounds like the winter soldier that, that you got with Bucky Barnes, especially giving a robot arm, I, it is. There is no denying it. I, I don't care what where you what you subscribe to, this concept 
of a super soldier that is shut down and put into different environments and mind wiped and controlled and when he reawakens uh, is is completely reinserted into another environment of lies and 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 to just to keep the control on him that was the storyline and the big turning point of my Captain America run that aspect would then be transported ported, transplanted onto the Winter Soldier character when that character is introduced some 10 years later, another a decade later. Um, that That is, you know, born from born. That I, I'm sourcing where I got it from. And, uh, and then when I depicted Fighting American, he's a man who feels betrayed. He's a man who feels that he his country let him down and has to be co- coerced back into service because of a dire circumstance. And then in my S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline, he was absolutely marked for termination because uh, the program decided that created him decided that he had he knew too much and where that story was ultimately going um, I won't be able to share with you fully but the launch of it is in my shield number one and I hope you enjoy it and I hope you uh, you you absolutely uh, uh, were able to get a copy because you know, sometimes it doesn't hit you till it's in print. And you go, oh yeah, I hit the patriotic trifecta. And that was fun. And it was fun that it happened on a July 4th holiday. But here's where we pivot to these international heroes, the Russian stuff that I was telling you. I was celebrating this whole patriotic trifecta. And then I realized, good God, I have an international audience because they're talking back to me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. You know, Rob, I'm, I am not from the States. I don't have the same patriotic nostalgia, but I enjoyed this issue and I enjoy these characters, but this is not my my patriotism. And I'm like, of course it's not. And 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 sometimes you, you, you gotta have those blinders expanded. And and I needed to, and I did. And then it made me think back to the movie that I had just seen. And then it really, because as I said, that night I was thinking about all the other Russian superheroes and the possibilities of what's to come. But now we're gonna take a hard turn towards the global guardians. Who are the global guardians? We are going for the deep dive today. 1977 to 1981, DC Comics published one of the most fun comic books of my in my memory. I never missed an issue. I have the entire collection. I saw them in one of my boxes, going through my back issue bins, in my uh, in my storage unit. And recently, I grabbed them all. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to re- re- revisit this. And that is the comic book adaptation, which really veered very far away from the comic book and did it. I mean, the cartoon show and did its own thing of DC's Super Friends. The Super Friends cartoon aired for one season in 1973 and was canceled. What you saw was a repeat of that season later on in your life, but it didn't take. They brought it back in 1976-1977, three years later. The original one had these two kids, these two high school kids that were hanging out uh, with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Robin, and Aquaman. It was a complete, uh, it was a complete, um, you know, uh, uh, super friendly. That's why they called them the Super Friends instead of Justice League. It was a, it was a friendly version of the Justice League of, of superheroes. And, uh, but the, uh, the, 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 for the first season, they had, um, they had these, uh, these two high school kids and and um and and the high school kids were kind of the audience uh, i guess uh surrogate and and it was um uh shoot that 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 i i am totally brain farting on on these high school kids and uh and and the the uh i think one was windy and 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 uh and and i'm pretty sure uh 
that the other one was 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 Marvin or was that the dog? Anyway, the kids didn't work for me. The, 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 this isn't important. The, the, the bottom line is that when they brought them back, there was Zan and Jaina, the Wonder Twins. They were now the new replacements for the high school kids that, that I wasn't really caring about, that, that had no superpowers, that would just kind of accompany them the Super Friends on their, on their journey. Well, the Super Friends, when it comes back, goes on an extended run. I mean, Challenge of the Super Friends, the Super Powers toy tie-in season, um, uh, uh, the, the Legends of the Super Friends, the legendary Super Friends. Each season was more exciting than the next. And the Super Friends had great ideas and some international characters. They had Black Vulcan. Um, they, 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 they had so many fun characters. The Super Friends was kind of like, to my generation, what the X-Men animated series was to yours. It went on many seasons, five, six seasons total. It dominated Saturday morning ratings. Again, that first 1973 uh, season didn't go over uh, um, as well, and they and they killed it, but they I'm so thankful they rebooted it. But in 1977, they did a comic book written by E. Nelson Bridwell and drawn by Ramona Fredone. And Ramona Fredone has such a pretty, uh, simple, but very attractive um, style. I mean, she draws very attractive faces, figures, terrific storyteller. She is the dedicated artist on this Super Friends book that, that runs almost 50 issues. I mean, again, it runs five years, uh, goes into 1981. But along the way... Um, Early on in the Super Friends run, and you can get this entire run in an omnibus that they, they have, that they, at least the first, not the entire run, the first 26, the run that I'm going to tell you about today. Because the, the power of imagination is why I am into comic books. I go for comic books be, for the ideas. And when those ideas are pulled off and drawn better than the other ideas, I like those more. But even ideas, I mean, some of those fun ideas... They, they just, as you'll see, they, they, they breeze in and out of a page, but they capture your imagination. You obsess over them. And, and this international DC Comics has an entire set of the most amazing international heroes that you've never heard of. And, but by the end of the day, you're not going to be able to say that because you're going to hear about them. You're going to hear about them by the end of today because I'm about to share them with you. And, and this is the beginning of the Global Guardians. And I'm telling you, some of the most exciting international heroes I'd ever encountered, and I, my mind is still piqued by all the possibilities with these characters. But for this three months, Super Friends issue seven, eight, nine, because in, in, in seven, eight, and nine, these Super Friends, the, the, the Super Friends comic book introduces Zan and Jaina, the Wonder Twins, which are aliens who, you know, can, can use powers in, in, in unison with each other. You know, um, one's a shapeshifter, and, uh, and, 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 and the Wonder Twins was, 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 I didn't love them, but they were a huge upgrade from the high school kids. Um, and, and, and in the comic books, the way they introduced him is that they had overheard a conversation by this, uh, alien terrorist named, named, is it Dax? Um, and he is coming to earth to set off 12 bombs. He is coming to earth to set off. 12, it was Marvin and Wendy. Those kids were Marvin and Wendy, the high school kids that I didn't love. Okay, so one season was enough for me. But um, but this uh this this villain had this alien villain was coming, and he is going to set off 12 different bombs on different continents across the world that are going to um destroy Superman's home. He has a beef with Superman because Superman uh, destroyed his army, destroyed his home planet, whatever, whatever, uh, you know, whatever uh, 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 motivation this guy needed. But 
the the wonder twins overheard him and so they come to earth in the course of the story to tell the super friends like this is going to happen you have to stop this um uh uh this this um terrible uh alien uh, conqueror grax grax is his name grax is setting off these bombs all over the continent so there's your framework it's very simple this is how we get to all of these international superheroes that we're going to meet and i'm going to tell you guys I, I have been um, not haunted, but obsessed, slightly obsessed with these characters ever since they came out. They would eventually unite in DC Comics Presents with Superman under the name of the Global Guardians. Here, they're just the international heroes. But because of the 12 bombs, they set up this three-issue uh, you know, race against time to, to dismantle all these bombs before they go off and end our lives. And what they have to do is travel to all these different continents. And you are going to meet Seraph. You're going to meet Owl Woman. You're going to meet Rising Sun in the course of this. You're going to meet Jack-O-Lantern. You're going to meet um, the weirdest one uh, of all of them, <laughs> in my opinion, is uh, is Tutara. Tutara, okay? But 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 you're going to meet the Olympian. You're going to meet the Bushmaster. You're going to meet uh, uh, Thunderlord. You're going to meet the Tasmanian Devil. You're going to meet, wait for it, the Little Mermaid. You're going to meet the DCs. The Little Mermaid. You're um and 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 you're going to meet Ice Maiden. They introduce this international group of heroes in the course of this Super Friends comic book. And I'm going to tell you, the Super Friends comic book was always extremely entertaining. They 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 were dedicated to giving you adventures with action with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, um and 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 Robin, and always kind of those five. And they never expanded. Uh, where the comic, the, the the cartoon eventually gave you the kind of the superpowers, which was the toy line, which Jack Kirby did that comic book toy in toy line in eighty four, eighty five. They didn't uh, the the comic book, the Super Friends comic book, didn't pivot ever towards that point. They stayed with the core. They would bring in Green Lantern. They would bring in Hawkman. They would have team up adventures, but they'd have these incredibly original characters and adventures. And these characters, which I don't care about continuity. Continuity is not important to me. Eventually, there's a lot of, um, well, this is after Crisis on Infinite Earths. These Super Friends characters, which were introduced years before that, would be added into continuity. Again, I'm giving you that DC Comics presents number 46 is when, well, hello notices, DC Comics 46 is when we were receiving um, the, 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 the Global Guardians in their post-crisis uh, uh, their post-Crisis on Infinite Earths um, introduction into the DC Comics universe. So that means now they don't exist in this Super Friends um, realm, which was out of continuity. Now they're now they're real. And some of these characters that I just named off to you, um, the Seraph, Rising Sun, the Olympian, Little Mermaid, Jack-O-Lantern, they team up with Superman in, a, in, in what they call canon. Well, I'm here to tell you, I don't care about canon. I do not care about canon canon what i care about is ideas and these cool characters and i'm going to tell you about a couple of them international characters so yes i i was going to tell you about patriotic superheroes and i decided eh, kind of covered that before if you've listened to my heroes are born four-part part podcast or you've listened to my fighting american you've heard me go in on the patriotic heroes and the patriotic um um themes and and how much i love uh, these characters and what they mean to all of us and the success they've had over the ages and just because I did this issue of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, again, the most important part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. I've already shared with you. He, he changed Cap's S.H.I.E.L.D. of an oval, which may have been the best thing that ever happened to Captain America. 
Um, so, so, so these characters that we meet in this um, seven, eight, nine of Super Friends, and you can get this in a collected edition. Um, you meet Seraph, the Israel, uh, the first superhero I had ever encountered that represents Israel, and Seraph is wears the 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 mantle of Elijah, which protects him and gives him protection. He carries the staff of Moses, which can do all sorts of wild things. It can elongate. It obviously has extra power when he swings it. He can jam it. He can you know, strike it into the earth and cause an earthquake. Kind of all of the different miracles that were associated with the things that, that Moses did. He has the power of Samson. And then, uh, because of his long hair, he has the power of Samson. This is Seraph. And then he has a magic ring of Solomon that gives him extra wisdom and also acts as a teleporter and can move him through through different spots. Um, and uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I'm like, there's an Israel, an, an, an Israel superhero, and and his his name is Haim. I don't remember what the last name is, but Seraph teams up with Superman in this adventure to deter this bomb. Again, these 12 bombs all across the continents. And what happens is the super, you know, the super friends have to split up and team up with different international heroes on each of these different continents in order to dismantle these bombs. And this is where you meet all these new heroes like the Seraph. And I'm telling you, Seraph was drawn cool and he was powerful. And if you were the son of a Baptist minister and you, you grew up in the church like I did, Seraph was exciting to you. Elijah's mantle gives him protection. The staff of, of, of Moses is his weapon. The hair gives him super strength. He's got a magic ring from Solomon. I mean, this is rad. And he and Superman have this cool adventure, very action oriented. They're battling against, um, you know, the bad uh, elements that are trying to to deter them from, from, from finding this bomb. Again, later on, they go and they meet Godiva. She's a British, um, a European superhero. She has super long hair, blonde hair like Medusa from uh, Marvel's Inhumans. And, and she can make her hair into wings and fly. That's where they're like, oh, we're going to one-up Medusa. I'm not sure we've seen Medusa make her hair, you know, into giant forms of wings that, that with this giant wingspan and she can fly. But, um, you know, obviously I, I was a, I was a boy and Seraph spoke more to me with, with the strength and the staff and, and my biblical upbringing. But, but again, we meet Godiva. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and each issue, each issue, uh, they, they would, um, they, they would they would give you uh, uh, four of these different these different characters. They, they gave you a, a, an an African American a, a Zulu warrior um, who would become uh, the 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 ally to Flash in this story. And his name was Impala, and Impala was a super powered, politically minded. Uh, Zulu warrior and he could fly, he could run as fast as the Flash. Flash is like, I can't believe you can keep up with me. Um, and 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 then later on we meet Owl Woman. Now she comes from Oklahoma, but she represents Native American Indians. And later on she would actually appear in a Hawkman comic. I believe Owl Woman is one of those who who not only out, outside of the DC Comics presents she appears. Some of these characters appear in Justice League Europe. So some of you may, hey, I've seen these characters in that Justice League spinoff, Justice League Europe in the 90s. Yes, they did transition some of them over into those issues for appearances, but they all got their start in these Super Friends issues, which matters if you're me, 
because I dug these comics. I'm not telling you that these comics are going to get you some big yield on eBay and there's certainly no development deals with these characters. But that doesn't mean that there couldn't be and there shouldn't be because this is a great lineup of international characters. Owl Woman later gets talents. They, they want to action orient her a little. She gets talents that can cut through steel. But for the most part, Owl Woman is Hawkman and Hawk Girl. She has wings. She can fly. And she has sight like an owl. Rising Sun is a great design. He is your Japanese superhero who channels power from the sun into radiated solar blasts. And um, and, and, and he teams up with the Atom as they, they had to include more members of the Justice League to get all over the world in this Super Friends 7, 8, and 9 in order to dismantle these bombs. I Obviously, your Irish guy is Jack-o'-lantern. And, and he has a magic lantern, which in his origin was given to him by a magic fairy and it grants him all manner of super strength flight speed i told you about tatara tatara is your new zealand superhero okay 1977 i'm nine or ten depending on the month okay so you gotta understand i'm, I'm grabbing these comics and i am digging them and tatara is kind of the weirdest looking of all of them he's green and yellow he um he's a mutant and and he uh he 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 he's a he's a water elemental um, but he has three eyes. He has an eye directly above his other two eyes, and he has a fin like the Savage Dragon and like Triton from the Inhumans. But Tatara is water-based, um, and uh, and he obviously teams up to help New Zealand survive this bomb that has been placed on Earth by this alien warlord, Grax. Bushman looks badass. He is your Australian superhero. He has a he has a uh, a cyber suit. He kind of looks like a big orange snake. He has a kind of a snake helmet on. His name's Bushmaster, Bushmaster. And he is a totally action-oriented hero. He, he His cyber suit provides him camouflage, flight, heat sensors, a venom gun, no less. He shoots his venom gun. Take that venom, because Bushmaster has a venom gun. He has super strength, infrared vision, and he has a... a, a, a technological shield that he can activate to it to prevent bullets from hitting him. Bushmaster um, appeared again in this DC Comics Presents and made some other appearances. Um, I, I don't know why no one's co-opted this cool name. Thunderlord is a Buddhist monk uh, who who has, um, with his his voice, again, a lot of Inhumans powers here, with, but between the hair with Medusa, the, the, the Katara who looks like... Uh, who looks like Triton and, and it's kind of Savage Dragon with, with the green and the fin. Um, and then Buddha, Thunderlord has a booming voice like Black Bolt. And, and he is a Buddhist monk who has um, powerful vocal, vocal manipulation powers and his voice can shatter things. And he, you know, obviously takes up and helps out, um, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, helps out uh, to, to battle and to, uh, to, to, uh, to, to stop these bombs. I, I erred in saying Bushmaster is from Australia. He is your Venezuelan superhero. My bad. Your Venezuelan superhero is Bushmaster because your Australian hero, and I got to tell you, I totally dug this guy. This guy is Tasmanian devil, and he's like a, 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 a giant werewolf. But, but with these giant Tasmanian devil teeth. And Tasmanian devil is from Australia, and he helps out the super friends in dismantling their um, the, the bomb in Australia, and he's fast and strong, and and is and is very feral. So so uh, again, uh, the, uh, the T, the the T, he kind of looks 
somewhere between Black Panther and and the fox from Archie, except he has a giant T on his furry chest, which is a little, maybe not the best design element. But Tasmanian Devil was cool. Of course, eventually they have to team up with, uh, with, with, with the Little Mermaid. And she is from Atlantis, uh, part Atlantean and part, uh, like, like, I forget the other continent she's from, but she helps them, you know, uh, get the bomb out of the water. Another international. But I'm going to tell you, with Seraph, my second favorite, and we've made it, is the Olympian. Wonder Woman teams up with the Olympian. And he looks badass. He has a Rams, uh, a, a, a Rams uh, helmet on, giant ram horns, and part of a ram like uh, uh, head that goes over his face, and and then he has a, his mouth is exposed. Um, but the Olympian uh, has all these Greek superpowers. He has wears the golden fleece as a cape, and that gives him the power of fifty Argonauts. He. He he possesses the power of Hercules. He has the precognitive abilities of Idmon. He has the telescopic and X-ray vision of Lynceus. He has the speed of Atlantia. He has the wisdom of Admetus. He has the memory of Athadius. I'm butchering some of these. Um, it goes on and on. He has a shape-shifting ability. Uh, Olympian and Seraph are two of the most interesting and compelling characters that as a kid, I was like, I need more, I want more. Now, they come back for another adventure in the Super Friends later in their run. But uh, um, finally, where would you think uh, uh, they would meet a character named named uh, named Ice Maiden? Well, they would meet her in Norway, where her ice powers help dismantle the final bomb and stave off uh, the threat from Grax, and they have now integrated uh, uh, Zan and Jane of the Wonder Twins, who have, uh, you know, who have combined to 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 help save the world in this epic Super Friends seven eight nine three parter, where you go and you meet this incredible international cast. Because it got it just got me thinking all of the great heroes, and I told you weeks back, one of the things about DC Comics. They could conceivably, I'm not saying they will, I'm not saying they should. I don't want them to. But it's scary when you get into those executive suites and you see that they think, well, let's turn the lights off. We have everything we need out of this. Again, everything you saw in Black Widow, the important stuff was created in the 70s and the 80s. The, the plot, the concept, Black Widow herself, expanding the widows later in the 2000s, great, terrific. That was established in the 70s. The Black Widow. You know, Red Guardian, Taskmaster, all that stuff is from a bygone era. The Eternals is from a bygone era. That's work that was done 30, 40, 50 years ago in some cases. And uh, and you look and you see in these in these treasure troves the the characters that Warner Brothers could exploit. Would I take a glance at a new Global Guardians, which featured the Olympian and Seraph and the Ice Maiden and the Bushmaster and Tasmanian Devil and uh, and the Little Mermaid? And Godiva, yes, I would. I think they're cool. I like international casts. I like international characters. I liked them when they were Marvel. When 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 Marvel had their international teams that would show up and tell, uh, you know, the Arabian Knight, you know, had his scepter and 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 traveled on a on a floating um, carpet. It was all the tropes from the original Arabian Nights um, um, books of of old lore that Marvel just adapted to make an Arabian Knight character for their Contest of Champions, and then he would go on and appear in other Bill Mantlo written books like the Hulk and Rom. So 
So I love the international characters. I love them maybe because I haven't seen enough of them. I was on deck at one point to do a Soviet superheroes series early, late in the 80s, early 90s at Marvel Comics. And I even considered it because how much I loved Ursa Major and Red Guardian and Crimson Dynamo and the Titanium and Dark Star. I love all those characters. Um, I love the international characters. And like I said, so instead of doing some July 4th patriotic, uh, kind of felt like a retread. I wanted to shine the light on some of the best international characters I've ever encountered in the pages of the Super Friends, no less. And they are cool looking. If you want to Google them, you want to look them up, you want to see Tasmanian Devil with his big T, but Olympian and Seraph and a hero of Israel with biblical superpowers. I, I, I cannot even imagine the mileage that you could get out of that today. The Olympian is cool with all those Greek overtures. I mean, he's, it's like he's right out of Jason and the Argonauts as a superhero. Um, Ice Maiden, cool name. Bushmaster, cool name. Tasmanian Devil, you can do something there. These characters all did see some light of day later on. Again, DC Comics Presents is the formal introduction of them coming together under the moniker of Global Guardians. That's DC Comics Presents 46. In this Super Friends story, a, a, a basically a comic book to capitalize on the enormous popularity of the Super Friends comic book, I, I, the, Superman, the Super Friends cartoon that was on every Saturday morning. And this comic book went on for five years. And again, get those collected editions. Get the cheaper trades. They're fun stories. They're really well. They have a very... E. Nelson Bridwell knew how to write a book that you could access immediately, understand the characters, and go on a fun adventure. And, and sometimes I feel like we've lost that. That's my own personal commentary. I feel like we've lost that. But uh, these books are incredibly entertaining. And in those course of those four issues, I got so many new characters. I mean, I got... I, I got I got a Zulu warrior like character. I mean, I, 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 Impala, the the superhero from the African tribe, Rising Sun should be revisited. Jack O' Lantern is cool. So so this today, Black Widow opened up this entire international gates of thought for me and 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 paths and 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 I wanted to share those with you. And, and, and if it piques your memory and you want to go online, you want to check these out, you'll have a kick doing it. It's something fresh. It's something new. It's something you likely did not encounter. So again, as they say, if you didn't see it, it's new and fresh to you. And, and that's what I love to do. And again, uh, Black Widow, outstanding, top Marvel film, easily in my top 10. Um, I, I'm not going to list the movies that I can't stand, but it was not hard to, to immediately do my bottom eight Marvel films. They're not all great, in my opinion. But when they are great, they really stand out. And Black Widow is great. It is fun. It is a great romp. The, the entire adventure is worthwhile. The tag is going to blow you away. Um, so you didn't get any spoilers out of me. Um, I loved seeing Taskmaster come to life. Watching a character I loved. On, and honestly, the Taskmaster DNA is what gets you your Deathstroke DNA. Trust me on this. Great hanging with you as always. You guys, thank you for the support. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you. We don't have time today. I went long. Thank you for writing reviews and giving support. Please, um, uh, if you could leave um, um, recommendations, positive reviews on, on Apple, on all of the different social media platforms, it helps this podcast so much. I appreciate so much you you guys uh, tuning in, listening to me, sharing the word, spreading the word. I love hanging out, talking with you guys, interacting as I do so often. I am on Twitter at Robert Liefeld, the whole name, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D, at Robert Liefeld on Twitter. Blue check, that's me. On Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld, a little simpler, still a blue check, that's me. On Facebook, all sorts of 
platforms, medium, uh, uh, clubs. I'm all over that place. I love hanging out. I love talking to you guys. Thank you for spreading the word. Thank you for tuning in and listening and downloading and sharing raw observations. I am so thankful. Have a great holiday weekend. Be safe among all things. Be safe. You know the drill. You're going to take care of yourselves. And we are going to talk again real soon. Thank you.